Welcome to Expand Your Horizons, the podcast for English language teachers and wanderlust indulgers. I'm your host, Shannon Felt, teacher trainer, resource provider, and course creator for teachers around the world. In each episode, I'll share concrete strategies to help you sharpen your skills and become the very best teacher you can be. We're talking all things ELT, the most effective classroom practices, communicative methodology, and valuable tips for planning and teaching so you can help your students see real improvement in their language abilities. We'll also hear from language teachers and ELT professionals all over the globe who are making inspiring moves in our industry. So thanks for joining me. Here's to making this big world a little smaller by connecting ESL teachers everywhere. Hello, and welcome to the Expand Your Horizons podcast. My guest for today's interview is Lorenzo Scloco. Lorenzo is an ESL teacher and education specialist based in Toronto, Canada. He's been teaching English, general English, EAP, which is English for Academic Purposes, Business English, and exam prep classes at language schools, universities, and colleges since 2009. He also teaches Italian and German. Being a language learner himself, he knows the difficulties that students encounter when learning other languages. Therefore, he makes sure his classes use the communicative approach and also focus on task-based learning. He takes a keen interest in curriculum development and syllabus design, which is what we'll be talking about today. And in 2018, he was the recipient of the Excellence in Teaching Award at the University of Toronto School of Continuing Studies. Lorenzo considers himself a lifelong learner, just like I do, and he is passionate about anything that has to do with languages and pedagogy. When not teaching, Lorenzo can be found going for a stroll in High Park, which is a very well-known park in Toronto, or eating cookies, his favorite addiction. I am also happy to say that since recording this interview, Lorenzo has actually become a fellow trainer and now works with me here at Tuffle Horizons. Uh, In particular, he is a trainer on the Online English Teacher course. So that means that if you join an upcoming live practicum session of Online English Teacher, you will actually get to work with Lorenzo directly uh, alongside me. All right, so in this episode, Lorenzo is joining me to talk all things curriculum development and course design. So if you've been wondering how to plan whole courses as opposed to just individual lessons, or if you've been thinking about how you might sequence lessons in a course, how to decide what material to use and what to cut when you're creating a syllabus, um, or just what ultimately makes a course successful, then definitely tune in because this is an episode you won't want to miss. So with that, let's get to today's interview. Hi, Lorenzo. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Shannon. Thank you for having me here. So glad to have you here. All right. So Lorenzo, this is your first time on the Expand Your Horizons podcast. Yes. So for the listeners, um, tell me a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay. So I've been working as an ESL instructor for the past 13 years. Uh, Now I live in Toronto. Um, I lived in Italy and Germany and I taught there as well. Uh, But for now, um, I'm in Toronto and I work at University of Toronto and also at George Brown College um, here in Toronto as well. And um, I teach um, general English, of course. I think everybody has taught general English uh, in (laughs) their lives. And then uh, uh, academic English and business English and also exam prep classes, for example, IELTS, TOEFL, and CELTIP. I don't know if CELTIP is more for immigration purposes to come to Canada. Oh, nice. I've heard that acronym, but I know nothing about the actual exam, that particular one. and it's much, I think it's easier than IELTS. So maybe here, okay. <laughs> IELTS, <saying> a lot. <laughs> IELTS uh, higher ups are going to hate me, but I think, so. yeah, because I think <laughs> self-pip is more, fo- is more focused on functional language. It's something that you can use also in your own classes, like for general English or for okay. conversation classes. So I think self-pip, yeah, is, I think it's more doable. Yeah, it's longer, I think. There are more tasks, mm-hmm. but it's doable, yeah. Interesting. All yeah. right. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great. Okay. So you teach a whole range yeah. um, of things, a lot of experience, obviously in this industry, tell me a little bit more about your background. So, um, you know, not necessarily your life story, but a little <laughs> bit more about your training. How did yeah. you get to this point as yeah. um, an English language teaching professional? Okay. So the funny thing is that my major was in translation because I uh, did my master's in Germany 
And when I was there, I needed, um, let's say, um, some money to survive. So uh, <laughs> I started to teach um, English. And but besides that, said that I also um, attended some um, courses at university in terms of um, pedagogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the courses, I realized, okay, this is something that I can do. So let's put it into practice what I learned. And that's how everything um, started. So I taught um, English, Italian, and German. These are my nice. uh, languages yeah, um, that I speak. Um, and then um, I did my CELTA um, here in Toronto in mm-hmm. 2014. And then after a few years, in 2017, I realized that, okay, something is missing in my right. uh, professional development. I want to know more about why am I doing something or why am I doing this activity? So I decided mm-hmm. to embark on the Delta for six months. And it yep. was that, the net, well, basically a Delta nightmare times, times six. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> yeah, I can but relate. It, yeah, <laughs> good. Uh, but it was such an eye-opening um, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, like it raised, it raised my cognitive awareness. It uh, confirmed some uh, doubts that I had, and yeah, it's a course that I think everybody should go should go for, because yeah. So the data was something that really uh, shaped my way of teaching, but also my way of planning. And yeah, then also absolutely. I um, did the one course I. I attended a course on instructional design because you know, throughout the pandemic, I said, okay, I need to find other fields where I can transfer my skills. And that's something mm-hmm. that many teachers can look at, maybe to look beyond teaching. They can look into uh, instruction design and, you know, curriculum development. And I thought, and I also attended some uh, webinars as well. And this is how I met <laughs> in your webinars. So, yeah. <laughs> So I always try, I am a lifelong learner. So I like studying. Um, I like, I would say, invest money um, in education. Yeah. I absolutely yeah. agree. And I yeah. always say that as well. I think as teachers, we're kind of natural lifelong yeah. learners because we understand the value of learning and the joy of yeah. learning since that's what we've devoted our careers to. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, um, uh, it's, yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll, I say, okay, now that's it with learning. I, and I say, oh no, one more thing, one more thing. So there's always something, <laughs> a certificate or something else that I want to add on to my exactly. <laughs> resume. Also professional development, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I feel the same way. Something will keep me kind of satisfied for maybe a year or maybe even two. And then I start to yeah. get that itch again. Like, okay, what am I learning now? I need, exactly. <laughs> I need a new course. I need something. Exactly. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. what I thought when I, when I, when I did my dad talk, I was done. Okay. Done. And I, no, something else small. Yeah, right. something <laughs> I was okay. So I, 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 as a matter of fact, now I'm taking two courses in about um, counseling, gender oh, and wow. diversity and counseling. Yeah. Because I think this is uh, like, um, is a, um, it's an important topic uh, right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, so that I can also maybe understand more where my um, students are coming from, right? Absolutely. So, oh yeah. gosh, I would love to do a whole other episode with you on that topic, yeah. but before I get yeah. too excited <laughs> and diverge from our current conversation. Uh, yeah. um, so you mentioned that you got some experience and you have quite a bit of training in curriculum design, course yeah. planning, instructional design. Yeah. So I'm so happy that you're here to talk about that in this episode. So let's start on that note. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me a little bit, a question that came up in a lot of the recent webinars was basically, okay, you know, I'm getting a handle as a new teacher, let's say I'm getting a handle on planning a lesson, but then how is planning a whole course different than just planning individual lessons in terms of the approach and things that you have to think about? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, the, the lesson could last from 45 minutes to maybe three hours max. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and it's all, so you have, yeah, you have your, um, you, fo- you focus on the skills, on the, on the you know, language systems, the vocabulary and speaking and so on. And then uh, the class is over. That's all. There is a next class coming up with the right. course you have, first of all, you have, uh, it's a series of uh, lessons. So it takes also much longer um much longer and also it's important that every so every lesson so for example i don't know let's say five lessons make up a unit and then the unit has to be connected with with uh, with the following unit so there has to be like a continuum like a flow but also it's important that when you plan a course you um you have to have uh, um 
outcomes. Uh, so, you, so you start with the outcomes and also um, you have to also think about the assessment. So during the course and also at the end, maybe this is something that we can talk more uh, later. Right. So, Perfect. Yeah. We can so get the into the details so on that in particular. Yeah. yeah. So right. yeah, the topics should like intertwine and everything should be connected. So yeah. Okay. Excellent. That's, yeah. Um, okay. Great. So I think there are a couple of different directions that we can approach course planning or maybe different sort of levels of freedom. So one question that I think new teachers struggle with is they might be given some support from their language school. Like, you know, let's say I'm a new teacher. um, I've just started working for a language school. And this is actually what happened to me in my very first job as a new teacher back Mm -hmm. when I first started out. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. I got basically the course book, you know, the level, you're going to teach a 90 minute class twice a week. And it's a six week class or whatever it was. And you need to get through units, you know, I don't know, one through four. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But that was it. I didn't really have any other guidance in terms Mm -hmm. of how to do that. So what would you say for a teacher in that situation where they have the material there, Mm -hmm. they have kind of a very general length of material that they're supposed to Mm -hmm. get through in a set time. But there's usually in those situations, no way you can get through all of it or do every single thing. Right. So Mm -hmm. kind of how do you approach that from a planning perspective? Well, what I say also to my students is you have to, for, my, for example, for my business English students, I always say you need to know your audience. So who are, who are your learners, right? Mm-hmm. So, you, yeah, you can ask maybe your ADOS, um, assistant director of studies, or maybe the yep. teacher who uh, the teacher you're taking over the class from. But yep. if, you, if, if you don't have that option to ask what the class looks like, uh, you can also plan an activity or maybe a nice breaker. Uh, where you get to know where the students can get to know each other, but more, but more importantly, you can get to know them, and how yes. you can have like an activity, a speaking activity, where you have, for example, um, how do you like to learn, for example, or my strongest skill is, and so on. So from there, you you kind of get the um, an idea of the class, and you mentioned like, uh, yeah, you have a for unit one to four. I feel like uh, brand new teachers think okay i have to go from okay there's like speaking and a vocabulary and then and really i have to do everything right and exactly. that's why and that's why i think many students say oh a class is boring because we follow the book right i just, can do it at right home. activity by activity yeah why exactly. am i paying for this class exactly. if i could just do that exactly mm-hmm. so i think i think a teacher should look first not uh the book good books fortunately have like a content uh like a page where where you can see the topics, but also the outcomes at the end. So what the students will be better able to do. So from there, uh, you look at the unit and then you, you try to pick and choose which, mm-hmm. which activities work best in that specific lesson. So that's maybe one, one piece. The first piece of advice is to, to see what the class looks like. And the second piece yeah. of, of, of advice is um, to look at the, to pick and choose which activities could work best for that particular um, lesson. I love and that. And then, I, yeah. Just to jump in really quickly, I just want to yeah. say I love that point about icebreakers because it's so yeah. common for teachers to do icebreakers yeah. at the beginning of a course and they're, they're yeah. great for, yeah. like you said, I think a teacher approaches it like, oh yeah, I'm doing an icebreaker because that's what you do when you let the students warm up and that's lovely, but you really should be getting a lot more out of it in terms of using that also as kind of like a needs analysis or an yes, assessment correct. of what your students are looking for. Yeah. So that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Yeah. And then also I mentioned also the activities, maybe at the topic, you can also People say recycle, but, but I don't like the word recycle. I would say repurpose. So you can nice. you can pick the same activity or maybe the, or, or the video or a reading. You can reuse it, but maybe from a different perspective. That's mm-hmm. something that also, so, so exploiting, exploiting the material. Yeah, I love this is something that I learned well. on Delta. <laughs> <laughs> so smart, yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. we, we forget about that too, because yeah. Um, I think sometimes new teachers especially can get really fixated on grammar and vocabulary and they think that yeah. any video or any text or any piece of kind of content is automatically to be exploited for that, which it can be, but you could actually get two or three whole lessons out of say yeah. a single video where you do like a listening comprehension exercise. That's the whole lesson on this one video. Then you go in and use it as like a text-based 
grammar lesson or functional lesson. Um, and then you could go back again and do a whole like thing on connected speech or pronunciation or whatever. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. With also with, uh, uh, transcribing, for example, 20 seconds of a video, and then you work on connected speech, right? So, because yes. I feel that teachers tend to supplement a lot by, by finding like materials from all over the internet, but the material is right there. And what I do, yes. for example, from like, um, I mean, I work, I, I have worked mainly with uh, American, American English file mm-hmm. and Same. from I think, <laughs> yeah, from the intermediate uh, book, there is uh, for every reading, there is adapted from, and there is a source. What I did, I, I was able to find the real source also, and maybe to adapt it for higher levels, oh, like cool. advanced class. Yeah. Right? And some students were like, oh, Renzo, I did that in Upper Intermediate. Yeah, but this is the real article, not like the uh, you know, how the, cool. Yeah. I've never thought about that. I love that yeah. idea. So that's something, yeah. And then yeah. how smart that it's almost like this built-in scaffolding that if they've actually done it at the lower level, exactly, you could actually yeah. see that as a positive, not a negative exactly. that it's repetitive. It's repetitive in a good way that, okay, exactly. now we're going to take it to the next level and you're going to look at it again, but the more challenging exactly. version. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Scaffolding, I think it's so important. I think that you can do everything at any level. Yeah, you you only absolutely. have to scaffold it. You have to only scaffold it properly. Maybe, maybe for for lower level, you would for example, you're watching a video. You 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 might ask maybe something maybe more generic questions. And for higher levels, you might you might ask for examples or maybe for mm-hmm. some numbers, some, some more like specific, like absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And you said one other thing I was going to comment on, and now I'm forgetting it, but, um, oh, yes, yes. So I love that point. I think that is something I noticed with a lot of teachers as well, is they have this temptation to like reinvent the wheel with all the supplementing that they want to do. And there's nothing wrong with bringing in other materials and supplementing, do it if you want to. But if you're just starting out, especially it can get a bit overwhelming that they have these amazing ideas, but they require like seeking out or creating all this extra material and they don't know where to find it. And it's stressful and it's exhausting and it's a lot of work. Um, And I think they forget that with the right training, the right skills, if you know what you're doing, you can get so much out of a very limited amount of material. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that if you don't want to. Absolutely not. And also you mentioned like needs analysis. So the icebreaker, listen to, listen to your, students like sometimes a student says for example oh teacher i hate prepositions oh okay tomorrow we're going to do proposition and right. i have planned and i have planned a lesson like on proposition so listen to your um students so mm-hmm. practice active listening because active listening skills because i think that when we are talking with someone we, we always try to we reply so we don't as if you as, as if we were listening we didn't we intend to reply instead of uh, intent to understand right yes so we're oh yeah yeah so you want so so listen to it uh, the students and then you mentioned uh, icebreakers right mm-hmm. so um needs analysis so and that will form your learner persona that's like a concept from instructional design uh so your learner persona is basically is a profile with uh information about age or where the person where the student lives and then the, the education the cultural background um the technical skills for example that, that the student might have and also it goes into uh for example if the student prefers to learn uh like for example if the student is a visual learner or maybe or auditory learners so or learning preferences and then people mm-hmm. said that there's no learning style there's is a myth but that's something right. else <laughs> yeah and so for example if the person is uh, competitive or maybe if the person enjoys uh, games or maybe debates and this is something that you can do with your first day uh, yeah. the first day with the school just maybe from one to five uh, how comfortable are you with I don't know debates right mm-hmm. and then and, and then the students can also interview each other so you, you're not the person who does interview, but the students interview each other and then you listen in and from there you gather the um, information. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's great yeah. that you said that. It's funny. I designed yeah. um, or suggested almost an identical activity for a needs analysis activity in the yeah. online English teacher course, the new yeah. um, 
module where it's basically a way to get your students to interview each other so you can just sit back and watch and see how not only what they're saying in terms of their preferences and what they want to learn and don't care about, but also how they're interacting with each other, who's confident, who's not, what kind of skills they're using more confidently. Yeah. 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 Because also as a teacher with, with, with experience, you can't expect, for example, Okay, the person from South America, they're very outgoing. They might, they might, let's use right. hedging yes. language here. <laughs> they <laughs> yes. might, they might be outgoing, right? But maybe not, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you have like a different mix in the class or something, you know, cultural awareness. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. That, yeah. Okay. So that was incredibly helpful. Yeah. Um, let's now say I'm completely freelance and I'm a teacher yeah. and I want to just design my own course. So I have no yeah. guidance whatsoever, no language school giving me a syllabus. Where mm-hmm. do I start? I could, so first of all, you have, again, <laughs> you have to know, so you have to know the student, right? So yeah. again, needs analysis works every time. And that's yeah. the basis of your uh, work, right? And then and then the, the second step is uh, what do I want this student to accomplish, right? So what is the outcome? So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what's called backward design. So backward. So we're going, because usually, what do we usually tend to do? We start with the activities and then we do, maybe we look at the, what the, the learning objectives and then, yeah. oh, damn it, I need to now uh, come up with the assessment, right? right. And, maybe, and maybe there's no connection, right, in between. So Not with true. the backward design, you start off with the outcome. So for example, let's, let's, let's do a practical example. Mm-hmm. You want the students to be, uh, I don't know, to, to write a summary, right? At the end, this is the outcome, the summary. From the outcome, the second, so the first step is needs analysis. The second is the outcome. The third step, now you have to look at the learning objectives. So what do the students need, need to do or need to have to accomplish that, uh, that outcome? So when it comes to summary, we have to know maybe uh, main information, so distinguish main, main, main information and uh, specific uh, detailed information, maybe the, the, the author's opinion, uh, maybe inferences, uh, emotions, um, but they also maybe have to use reporting verbs, right? When you are summarizing. Mm-hmm. So these are the learning objectives. So distinguish, use, and so on. And from there, you develop the, the, the assessment part. So mm-hmm. how do I know if the student is able to write a summary? So that, yeah. that's the assessment part. How do you test that, part. basically? Yeah, how yeah. do you test that? Yeah, the assessment part. And then the materials for instructions. That's so it's interesting it. then that the materials almost come at the very end, I whereas think, I think yes. the instinct at first is to think, well, I'll just yes. find the material and then I'll just start from the beginning and build, you know, decide what the first lesson is going to be and then the second. But yeah, I like that backwards yes. design yeah. technique. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. because also with the, with the materials, like when we gather the materials, if we don't follow this backward design, we, we collect materials. You maybe you spend 10 hours and collect materials. Okay, but then, and then that's why, that's why I feel that many teachers try to supplement from, from like gather resources from like uh, anywhere. And then, okay, but what do you want? What do you want to accomplish? So what is the yes. purpose? What is the rationale behind what yes, you do? Right? Exactly. Something, something in your mind. Yep. And that's something that teachers get so fixated on the what, you know, what are they going to do? Yeah. What are the students can do? Are they going to have fun? And they get really focused on having these activities that are fun and engaging and the students are talking, but the why is really the most yeah. important thing. It's not just yeah. what are you doing, but why are you doing that? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's also when, when I, with, with uh, my student, when we do an activity, for example, let's say, I wouldn't say stupid, but it's as simple as like, getting to know each other activity, right? Always mm-hmm. ask them, okay, why, why did we do this? And they say, oh yeah, to get to know each other. Yeah. But why right so you have right. to raise their metacognitive awareness but okay because we practice speaking listening hopefully they were listening to each other so <laughs> right. speaking or maybe it could be a reading for example for looking looking for information for example mm-hmm. or note-taking skills that's something yeah exactly really yeah. good examples yeah okay so i'm hearing you say that a course obviously needs to have objectives clear objectives yeah. to be an yeah. effective course yeah. anything else in terms of what makes a course effective or successful like if I'm trying to plan a course, what do I need for it to be a good course? Yeah, the, the, yeah. I mentioned like the learning objectives, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that 
some of us are familiar with the Bloom's taxonomy. So I, so I mentioned first the uh, distinguish main ideas and um, specific uh, details, for example. So distinguish, yeah. that's an action, it's a, an action verb, right? So uh, the Bloom's taxonomy are different levels of uh, uh, learning objectives, uh, or, yeah, of verbs. Yeah, kind of like level. a... Yeah. Just to jump in, if if you're listening and you're not familiar with Bloom's taxonomy, almost think of like the food pyramid or something. Yes, it's a correct. pyramid structure <laughs> of this kind of hierarchy of um, different actions that you can do yeah. with language that go from you know sort of low difficulty to much more higher level. Yeah, complicated. Yeah. 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 So for example, the lower level could be I don't know, like remember, like define, classify, and then you have the highest one is, for example, create, develop. For example, develop yes. a uh, a curriculum that could be <laughs> the, the outcome, right? <laughs> right? So yeah, this like so this this because we tend to create uh, learning objectives like uh, um, students will be able to understand. But what is understand, right? right. It's what not a that... how can you so that's why you how have can to you be... measure that? How can you really exactly. know? How yeah. do you define when you officially yeah. understand something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the, because I feel go objectives need to be also um, observable so you have to observe yes. it by right? and measurable so how are you going to assess that right so and i guess if you think about language like language is never in a vacuum the only reason we have language at all is for the purpose of communication so the mere yeah. fact that i understand something actually doesn't mean anything the point is why do i need to understand it what am i doing with that information that causes me the need to understand it in the first place so having these more kind of action verbs that we find in bloom's taxonomy is it gives us a more measurable and more sort of um like contextualized way of thinking about why the students are using language yeah yeah. yeah, you mentioned now understand, right? So mm-hmm. it, this also comes, for example, with multiple choice question. I mean, in language learning, maybe it's not so often, maybe, but it can happen that you have multiple choice, um, like a multiple, yeah, yeah, multiple choice tests, for example. Yep. If it's online, many, many, many teachers think, okay, but students can copy and so on. So instead of just asking, uh, cross out the, the correct answer or check check uh, the correct answer you can also ask them to explain why they chose yeah. the answer so that goes a little bit higher you know based on the blooms taxonomy. so right. you're not just just um matching or listing right like but distinguishing actually, right exactly it's a little bit higher so that yeah that helped justifying yeah that's a great yeah. point um yeah. okay excellent and then from yeah from so this this objectives and then after that uh, after after so after we determine the needs analysis the outcome the learning objectives now the assessment right so there are two types of assessment formative and summative so some so formative is throughout the course mm-hmm. so it's like a, in it's always the in process right like an ongoing and assessment ongoing, process kind yeah. of okay yeah and summative is at the end yes at the end of the course and Examples of formative could be, for example, t- mini tests, homework. Also, homework is a formative, so it helps you. It helps you as a teacher to see where the students are at, right? But also, it helps the students realize, oh, damn it, I'm behind, or right. I need to I need to need to need to put a little bit more of effort. Right. I did well with this thing, but not so well with this thing. Yeah. So now I know so, what I need to practice more. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then and then and then for the. Um, the summative is, is at the end, so it's the final presentation, final report, and so on. Mm-hmm. So that's the two main, yeah. But I would maybe, uh, because the question was, how, what advice would you give you know, a freelance teacher? I would say yeah. when you're doing the formative assessment and summative, try maybe to give the students the opportunity to uh, resubmit maybe a piece mm-hmm. of writing or maybe try, maybe an outline first and then... Uh, the final assessment at the end, right? So sense, yeah. give like provide opportunities to um, uh, to the student um, to develop their learning. No, and also give feedback. That's something. Yeah. That, yeah. Maybe maybe this could be another topic for. <laughs> yeah, I know we could but, do a whole episode yeah, on testing as well. Yeah, but feedback. Um, yeah, I I'm a strong believer the feedback, but not feedback just. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, this is wrong. No, give give constructive feedback. And what mm-hmm. I do, for example, I put in a comment beside below the after the rubrics that I create, I put um, looking ahead. 
So that gives like a lot of block, you know, the language, it gives the, okay, something else, you know, in the future that I can still uh, do and improve. Exactly. Right. Okay, great. Yeah. So having the objectives, also obviously having a plan for how you're assessing um, how the students are doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was my next question really is yeah. your thoughts on assessing students' progress throughout the course. So that would be formative assessment. Yeah. yeah. Do you have yeah. other ideas? You mentioned homework, which is obviously one giving, you know, mini tests or quizzes throughout yeah. the course. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have other ideas as to how a teacher might go about doing a formative assessment? You can also you can also do um, uh, peer feedback. Also, mm -hmm. peer reviews, for example, peer feedback, that's also good. Um, you can also have the students write a one minute reflection uh, nice. assignment. You know, why I would learn reflection. It takes maybe it's a skill that, you know, you, you need you need to work on with your students, but you can give it a try and say, and ask, you know, why are we doing this? So to see if the students are following your thought process or not, right? This goes back to when we, when we talk about, um, there has to be a continuum, right? There has to be a flow of materials. So of like um, ideas, okay, we mm -hmm. did this because last week we did that. So topics all combined together. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, also discussion boards, if you're using maybe an uh, LMS, so a learning yeah. management system, discussion board, it keeps the students develop, um, it, it allows the students to develop the language throughout the week, for example, if you meet the student right. once a week, for example. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting then too, that you're not just assessing, you know, say it's not just a homework exercise on the present perfect or whatever it is on just the grammar isolated, but it's also continued sort of fluency and like natural communication practice yeah. in addition to whatever language points yeah. they might be working yeah. with or reflecting on. Yeah, because for example, with the discussion board for my Italian class, they, they, they have to come up with a question that they have to answer each other. And then for each entry, I give feedback. I answer also, I mean, I reply to what they say to the content, like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, you like pizza or me too, right? And right. then I have a, I have a um, like a feedback with two or three bigger, like um, major mistakes, let's say, most nice. common mistakes for each entry. So the students know, okay, I'm running here, but the teacher is looking at me, right? Is, is, I mean, not me. Yeah, right. Not, You're also getting <laughs> observing, some... right? You're like yes. online presence. I think when, when it comes to online courses, the students need to know that the teacher is still there You're throughout there. the week and not two hours a week. Um, that's a that's great all. point. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see from our conversation so far about yeah. course planning. So we've got that. Um, we want to start with the outcome. A course needs objectives. It needs regular yeah. assessment. Yeah. So we've got that. So now then, how does a teacher know sort of at the end of the day um, whether the course has achieved the objectives or not? Like how can they sort of assess that overall? Like was my course successful? Yeah, that again, it helps, it helps you with the summative um, assessment. So at the end, so if the students are able to, uh, for example, again, the summary writing, if they're able to deliver a proper and accurate summary writing. But um, I would also, this goes back to when I said, uh, offer the students the opportunity to resubmit their work and give feedback, constant feedback. So that helps scaffolding, uh, that helps to scaffold the whole course. Excellent. So that's, yeah. yeah. That was another thing. And, um, and also, if you're doing assessment, it's important to come up with the rubrics, right? So the rubrics have to be there. The students have to see it before they submit their, um, their work. Uh, you can even use the rubrics in the lesson where you ask the students, for example, you, um, you can give a list of, uh, uh, I would say, categories, for example. Um, and then the students pick the ones that should belong to the rubric. Of course, you're going to write down the ones that, that, that are very important for, for the rubric, but, but you can also add the something else and the students can actually say, oh yeah, this is important for the rubric. Oh, this is not so important. So they are, right. they are like the, they are the, they're manufacturing uh, the rubric. So I see. Oh, that's interesting. Getting the sort of yeah. the students input on the criteria. Yes. Yes. But even if you don't go that far, I would say, which that's a great idea. But I, what you're saying is at the very least, it's not enough just for you to know the criteria that you're assessing the students yeah. on, but they also should know yeah. upfront what yeah. criteria you're using to assess them. Yeah. Yeah. 
and also and also I would say um, you know you give the rubrics and you give okay you have to write the summary but how so what I do I uh, this also goes back to one of the principles of UDL University uh, Design for Learning so you have to give um, the students a sample of work right so maybe and you can give a good example a bad example mm -hmm. and they can analyze it okay so i need to maybe do it more towards i need to turn more towards the right um the good sample right mm -hmm. and you could do this for example i do it i do it at church bound in a, in a video where i explain um how to write an opinion paragraph so i create a video with examples and the rubric and so the students can watch the video more times it's like stuff folding as yeah, well, that's um, really nice. Yeah, that's yeah. really. It's, I mean, that it's for uh, exactly yeah. what they need to do. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. So hopefully yeah. this won't be the case. But let's say I've designed this course. I do this formative yeah. assessment, summative assessment at the end, and it just doesn't go terribly well. And this mm -hmm. is just kind of I'm asking this off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. Any advice for a teacher who has taught a course and then they see that? maybe didn't really achieve the objective at the end mm -hmm. um is there anything they can do to kind of minimize the <laughs> the damage let's say well or how well, do i proceed if i'm working with these students again in the future or if i'm not okay if you're if you of course of course the course is uh you know you develop course yeah it looks maybe beautiful on paper but now right. i mean for example the rubrics like before developing the final rubric i developed on maybe four or five versions of it but mm -hmm. but but you don't know you don't know unless you try it out in a class right so right. it could this also um when we talk about for example the timing right the time for each stage you you thought five minutes no it took like half an hour right so it's just like a try and error I would say, yeah, yeah, try and error. There's no perfect lesson. Again, there's no perfect uh, assessment. There's no perfect nothing. It's like, it's a continuum, uh, exactly. continuum of uh, events, right? So uh, you can actually, yeah, I would say maybe go back. Maybe they, I think if you think the needs the needs analysis was good because that maybe re mm -hmm. revise maybe the learning objectives and maybe revise maybe the material maybe. The material, I, we we said that at the at the very beginning. Maybe the material is fun, it's engaging. Like everybody is obsessed with the debates, right? But okay, I'm shy, for example, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I mean I'm really shy in my, in my personal life. Debates, I don't find you know counter argument and argument, right? So they're not for everybody, it, yeah. Yeah. So is there really conducive to learning, or you're just doing it just because? Oh yeah, debates. Yeah, I found this beautiful activity on you know speaking games in speaking games, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Oh on yeah. The internet. So yeah. <laughs> That's so, a good point. Yeah. So always maybe yeah analyze why am I doing this, right? And you mentioned if the course doesn't doesn't go well, where I wouldn't say where did I do wrong because it, there's no wrong where where can i improve and that's something that yes. teachers should focus on like for example this formative assessment helps also the student the teacher to say okay this is something an area i should work on right exactly. um, yeah right it might just you know if you're doing formative assessment and you're seeing that the students aren't doing well with maybe certain areas that might not be just that the students are not doing well, but that maybe there's something that you are doing in your teaching that's, there could yeah. be a better approach to how to help yeah. them with that thing. Um, and I think that also means you don't have to be afraid to adjust. I don't know if you would agree with this, but my thought would be that, you know, let's say you've been assigned to get through units one through four, but then you notice around unit two, that there are a lot of areas that for whatever reason, they're not doing well. And those assessments, maybe it makes more sense to go back and spend some more time with what's already happening rather than yeah. trying to just push through and get through unit four, but they don't right. actually really yes. know it well. No, 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 that's yeah. Well. That's, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, don't, because no. the more, the more you push, you push them, the more people you would, you know, you would leave behind, right? Exactly. And that's, you know, that's how, you know, uh, students get frustrated, right? Exactly. So, for example, there was also in my case, I started, I did, I mean, these videos that I mentioned before, I started to make them this year. Last year, I, I never, I never made it 
like a PowerPoint video, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Because we were teaching in class, right? But right. I said, okay, okay, let me try to do it. And then when I asked the student, because I also use my class flipped classroom. So basically mm -hmm. is uh, I teach the content in, in the video, the students uh, watch the watch the video at home, or maybe they do, uh, do the reading at home or the video at home. Yep. My video or another video, uh, like about, I don't know, clothing and shopping and that and that is the springboard for the next class maybe there's something another exactly. topic for another <laughs> yeah i know classroom. and i just yeah. added a whole <laughs> lesson on there's that's an online english teacher but, as well we'll have to talk yeah. about that too yeah <laughs> but but yeah that's 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 also i think it's important to okay where did i do what where can i improve on and that's where you you know um right. yeah with the videos and i start to make those videos and the students actually like them because they can watch it many times, once, twice, three times, right? Get more and each time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It takes, yeah. it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of time to make these videos. To, <laughs> but no. at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's rewarding because okay, totally. you know, you, you get the hang of it. So yeah. Right, and then you could use it for future classes as well. It's you know content that oh, can yeah. live. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a great sort of takeaway from this particular point in yeah. the conversation is, um, yeah. you know, assessment is not just for to see how the students are doing. It's also to see how you are doing. And it's yeah. an invitation for yeah. you to change course or change tactics a little bit if you feel that it's yeah. necessary. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. so you mentioned earlier an LMS or learning yes. management system. <laughs> yeah. I'm so curious to hear what your take is on yeah. using an LMS. So for online courses, for mm -hmm. course planning in general, do you tend to use an, some sort of LMS and what do you well, recommend? Yeah. Well, we have to, I must, okay. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> so the very person was the word Canvas and Blackboard, um, but I would say, um, and I also use sometimes Brightspace and Moodle, but I find Canvas is the most user-friendly. Mm -hmm. um, basically you have, uh, um, you can create the modules for each. So one module could be one, uh, one week or one lesson. And then you can add, uh, there are different features, different functions. So you can add uh, assessment. You can create your own quizzes, uh, matching quizzes and create quizzes. And also uh, you can also create a discussion board. And it's more like as a better layout in terms yeah. of, you know, for the student, for example, think about the, um, a beginner class, for example. You can divide the modules, each module, there are sub-modules, and you can add the pages where you can type, or maybe you can upload files, up upload videos, and yep. so on. So that's, yes. yeah. And just in case we're leaving any listeners behind who aren't familiar with this learning management <laughs> system thing, um, it's basically where your, your course lives in a virtual space. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like, um, you know, like you said, a, basically like an online learning platform, a place yeah. where you can put content that the students can yeah. log into. They have profile or something, yeah. and then they can access any material that you've put there. So everything has kind of its own little virtual room or home, yeah. like your own classroom, but exactly. on the, exactly. in a virtual yeah. space. Yeah. Um, and it also allows you to send emails to the students or sometimes to send emails to the students um like hey uh, hey um how's um, everyone i think everything is fine and also with a, with a discussion board if you answer i answer i try to answer on a daily basis but if mm -hmm. you like the students have to hear your hear like feel i would say feel your online presence yes yeah so that's uh, yeah does canvas yeah i think canvas is the best yeah blackboard yeah, maybe it enough. looks uh, blackboard maybe looks um uh they have their folders, you can upload items and so on, but Canvas is like the most user-friendly. Yeah, and, and also I've you can- I've heard good things about Canvas. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can also accept uh, quizzes, but also you can create multiple choice. You can create short essay answers, uh, fill in the blanks, and you can also give the, the answer or you can select the right answer. And you can also provide feedback as well. So that That's the nice. students, when they take the, the quiz, they get uh, the feedback right away, right? Right. So that's great. You know, it just makes things so much more streamlined and I think easier for everybody to organize the students. You, instead of having to, you know, your homework is to read this article and you have to send everybody individually this email and then they have a separate mm. document. It's, you just upload it to the thing. Okay, yeah. your homework is this place in Canvas yeah. or the learning management system. Yeah. Um, go there, do it, and then they can get instant feedback or they can exactly. submit it right through that system. Yeah. However, you have it exactly. set up. 
Yeah, and also you mentioned um, online environment, right? So you can also create, of course, you have to create, but upload also asynchronous activities. So activities mm -hmm. that are done outside class time that can that has nothing to do with maybe with the, no, not, nothing to do. They're different from homework. Those asynchronous activities are extra practice for the students. Yes. So to give them more exposure to the language. Throughout. That's great. And that's, I think, a nice way if you have students who are super motivated, because I, I find that, you know, those types of students, you kind of get those kind of different categories of students where you have the students who are really busy in their personal life and they just don't have time for that type of thing. And they're happy to just come to class a few times a week and mm -hmm. that's what they want. And then you have the others who are always asking you, what else can I do? What the else keeners. do I want? Extra practice. <laughs> yeah. So that's a great way to satisfy both that the ones who don't want to can yeah. ignore it. And the ones who do, there's this whole yeah. extra sort of resource section for yeah. them. Yeah, that, yeah, that's that's true. But this is something that I developed. I mean, it, I didn't develop that like overnight, right? It took me, <laughs> yeah. it took me many months. And okay, let me try to, because it also takes time to, and also you want to find good material, not just material. Oh yeah, okay, done, right? No, you want mm -hmm. to find um, material that can act, that can actually uh, con contribute to learn, contribute to learning, right? So yeah, yeah, that's that makes perfect yeah. sense. Um, yeah. Great. Okay. So let's talk briefly. What if it's just a single student? Like what if I'm teaching private students, mm -hmm. which I think many teachers out there mm -hmm. are teaching a lot of one-to-one -one mm -hmm. lessons. Mm -hmm. So one-to-one -one student approaches you, new student, um, and you want to sort of plan a course or a sequence of mm -hmm. lessons for that student. Is it a similar strategies or anything different? I you know, I would say maybe it's uh, easier, maybe because you have uh, one student uh, is motivated because when you have a class, maybe you have people, yeah, they want to be here, but maybe, maybe you have other people. I mean, I had the 16 year olds that I'm sure the parents send them over here and <laughs> they right. want to be here or maybe just wanted to enjoy the Toronto life. <laughs> so I'm sure everybody has had these students. Uh, so, but with one one is more like direct approach and is more focused so I would say this it's, it's, it's a similar pattern because you have to know what where 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 the level of the student you have to right. know their knowledge and is there any gap in knowledge any gap in skills so again needs analysis and it's the mm -hmm. same it's the same uh, procedure it, it, it's it, it's it's just not because it's a one-on-one oh okay so one lesson or we can jump from one topic to the other no because sometimes you also have a topic, a students that you see them maybe twice a week. I had a student mm -hmm. was three times a week. So I would, it was a band student. So I would have the same topic for the whole week, but from different aspects and, you know, exactly. perspectives and so on. So developing, yeah, but it has to be a continuum, not just like from food yes. to, I don't know, um, family without any right. um, connection. Cohesion, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah there still needs yeah. to be this progression, cohesion, connection. It's yeah. not just every lesson is a random exactly. thing exactly. just because exactly. it's one-to-one. -one. Yeah, yeah. Because also the student, ha the student has, okay, I can use, for example, I can use what I learned, uh, an idiom that I learned last week. I can use it now because it, it had, there is a connection. So the students mm -hmm. see the purpose. In it. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Sure, yeah. That's a great way to keep students motivated. I think we underestimate yeah. how much our students also want to know yeah. why they're yeah. doing certain things or yeah. why things are relevant for them. Yeah. yeah. And also I think a student is, is able to see if the teacher knows what, is, what, uh, what yeah. they're doing or totally. not. And you mentioned, yeah. I, and remember when, when everything started, why we're teaching online, right. And, you know, you you developed a whole course right on teaching uh, English online and I think that people forget people should remember teachers should remember pedagogy before technology like yeah yes. technology is great yeah canvas oh yeah quizzes yeah I'm gonna do this and that like zoom like a breakout room so yeah can uh -huh. but uh, do you know how to teach and that's something like pedagogy that's something that cannot be learned in one month you know like a two-hour zoom training right right so, you need yeah, training yeah, yeah 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 for example when i started last year in march march april right i was like oh my god online how do i like uh, break break the people up and so on but no pedagogy is there yes 
and you can do it. So that's why exactly. I'm not a fan of, you know, some teachers play Kahoot, right, all the time. And yeah, this is fun. Technology is fun, but right. pedagogy first. Exactly. So. We're not saying there's anything wrong with using those tools, but if no. all your lesson is are these kind of bells and whistles and then there's no actual yeah. content, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not working. And your students yeah. are going to see that pretty quickly. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Are there different sort of methods or styles or approaches of course planning? Um, like, are there different kind of schools of thought that people follow or ways that people go about this? Or is it all pretty much what you've described so far? Well, well, before the backward design, there was a, a central design. So starting with the methodology and then there was the forward design starting with, you know, the syllabus. So before the, the school of thought was, okay, instructional uh, activities, right? And then uh, um, objectives and then assessment and then we'll see, okay? But mm -hmm. uh, I would say, I would really, really, really encourage uh, our listeners to uh, look into uh, backward design. Um, there are also resources um, online, webinars. Um, yeah, that's something right. that I always... Um, always do like I always try to attend webinars sometimes they're bad sometimes not bad sometimes they don't bring a lot maybe mm -hmm. of knowledge but you can learn um yeah so I would say Excellent. yeah yeah but on that yeah. note are there any specific resources books or other resources that you recommend um on course design and instructional design in particular yeah okay there was one book from Delta, <laughs> uh -huh. syllabus by syllabus design by uh, Noonan. Yeah, uh -huh, David uh, Noonan. There was, yep. Yeah, there was because for Delta module three, you have to develop. I, I developed a yeah. business um, um, module. Yeah, uh -huh. okay. so that one, and also there's another one by Richards. It's called Curriculum Development in Language Teaching. I think Something. I have that one too yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and but also talk 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 with your colleagues and um, attend webinars I think uh, colleagues network but also also LinkedIn now LinkedIn is you know it's becoming more and more popular I know. but I, I mean I, I think teachers don't don't use LinkedIn a lot uh, but, do, but during during the pandemic honestly I started to use LinkedIn more often and you can see I mean you can see also a bunch of you know other things as well but uh, <laughs> right. it can help you build a network um yes. you can also talk to people maybe in your industry most more importantly and that could help you as well yeah great yeah so however you can kind of keep your finger on the pulse you know yeah. joining groups yeah, yeah. social media yeah definitely mm -hmm. definitely but also then when you know, we attend webinars okay it was nothing new but you know every, you know every fresher right yeah and um, sometimes even it's just motivational even if it's kind of stuff yeah. you know i find that just keeping yourself kind of in that mindset and in that yeah community yeah. Yeah. It's helpful and like, oh, okay, right. I did know that I should, you know, do X, Y, Z. I'm really going to exactly. do it more. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And for example, the first webinar that I attended, uh, one, one, I think was last uh, December, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. December, I attended a webinar. You mentioned things that I've been talking about with another colleague of mine and you confirmed what I thought. I mean, what, yeah. what, what my card, I was like, okay, we were right. <laughs> Damn it. <Right. laughs> so, I find you know. that same feeling. And even these podcast conversations, I'll do an interview. I'm like, oh, it's just so nice to yeah. everything that <laughs> the guest says. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm right. Like, okay, that's, you know, that's, yeah. So I think like networking, yeah. Networking is also, is also for, we're not just teachers. We are, that's why I looked into instructional design because we have the skills to develop material. We'd always do that. So build your own network. Yes. Um, and that can help you. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's definitely, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're wrapping up here, but yeah. last thing I would say, if we haven't talked about it already, would you say there are any sort of common pitfalls or mistakes to avoid when planning a course? Like we've talked about all the do's. Can you think of any don'ts that we haven't mentioned? Oh yeah. Like, like your, yeah. <laughs> your webinars, you know, do those. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah. First of all, I think it's that uh, people don't actually take the time um, developing a needs analysis. Um, as we said, oh, icebreaker. Okay. The talk, blah, blah. no. Take the time to actually plan a good uh, icebreaker um, activity where you can yes. actually pull out the language, but also uh, the student's interest. 
as well. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. one, one thing. I think don't uh, skip the needs analysis. Yeah, no, uh, don't. And then uh, also keep track of the learning up, up, uh, learning objectives. Don't like have the learning ob objectives and try to, from there, you try to uh, develop your material. Don't do it the opposite from the material okay, to right. learning objectives. So learning ob objective. So what am I doing with this activity, right? Exactly. Or what, why, why are we doing this podcast interview, for example? <laughs> so <laughs> that's something to keep in mind. So, yes. uh, so yeah, um, don't start the lesson without knowing your objectives. So Excellent. that's uh, a don't. Um, or the whole um, course, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And also don't, uh, um, ah, don't overload the students with mm -hmm. uh, information and, and also don't, but, but more importantly, if it's an online course, don't overload the students with the same kind, with the same format of material. And by that, I mean only readings, for example. The brain cannot process too much like uh, written information, for example, or maybe I learn best when I watch videos, for example. So have a, have a mix of readings, uh, videos, maybe a, mm -hmm. a drag, uh, you know, um, pick and choose game, like a drag, like a right. drag quiz where you, where you drag the items, for example, uh, nice. infographics as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and you're talking about not just in the live classes. I mean, obviously you need a variety of lesson types in your no, live no, no, classes, no. but you're talking even the material on the learning management system, like yes, the extra material. Yes. It shouldn't just all be articles or all be no. videos, but a Absolutely. variety no, of no, things. No. No. Yeah, right. because I think now online teaching will, or learning will, will, I mean, it's here to stay, right? Yes, so, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, diversify. That also goes back to uh, university design for learning. So diversify your formats right so mm -hmm. um yeah that's another thing and then um and then don't ah also for example if it comes to assessment don't give just assessment but prepare maybe an assessment sheet with the clear instructions with the with your objective that you want to uh that uh the, the assessment is focused on right and so instructions and the rubrics so don't give just uh, don't don't give just an assessment. Okay, here we go. The deadline is uh, mm -hmm. Sunday. So yeah, I'm like right. everything everything should be scoped for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, is there anything yeah. that we haven't talked about that you would like to mention on this topic? Uh, I would no. We talk about assessment, and I would say maybe um, we should focus more also on maybe student agency so the students mm -hmm. has to be motivated we mentioned that you know you are we have the the, the eager learners right and then the people okay just like once a week is fine if i come right. if they I come show to up class. and then what they get what, yeah is what but they i think get, it's yeah. important it's important it's important that the student understands that okay it's an online course and you have to have a time management skills uh you have to put time aside uh, there's something important. And that's something that, for example, we talk about flipped classroom, right? So what I tell my students, I, prefer, I always prefer the welcome message and so on, but also say to them, this homework will be the springboard for the next class. So this is kind of similar to blended learning, right? Mm -hmm. So this it, so this homework is, is a springboard for the next class. If you do it, good for you. If you, if, if you don't do it, I cannot help you, right? But the most, yeah. but, but it's very important that for the next class, if you have five people that didn't do the homework, you don't repeat the homework. Like, uh, for example, if, if it was the homework was a video, don't watch the video in class. Otherwise, the other five people who did the homework are not going to do the homework next time. So right. it has to be very you know, strict. And it works. It works. Because I do that all the time, and it works. And if so what so. you're saying is if there were five people who missed it, who didn't watch the video... Well, then they're going to feel kind of lost and then the next time they're <laughs> going to prepare yeah. so they yeah. will learn from yeah. that mistake exactly yeah yeah good yeah exactly so that's something i would because online it's very easy to get lost right or yep. the, oh students sorry my internet connection was uh-uh that's why i also have a whatsapp group with my students where they you know they can ask each other questions also like to you know mm -hmm. to talk in the language and so on but yeah so to the Smart. agency, yeah, to make them aware how this is your, because at work, you do the same thing. If you have a deadline, you cannot tell your boss, oh, sorry, boss, I was sick. 
like <laughs> yeah it doesn't work that way like, ah, okay bye-bye <laughs> next exactly <laughs> right yeah so that's yeah exactly and yeah then i think that's all yeah great all yeah. right yeah, ah, maybe, yeah, feedback, maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. very important with feedback, like provide constant feedback, the student needs to know that you are there to give feedback, a constructive yes. feedback, and, you know, there are different kinds of feedback, but, yeah, uh, about language, content, uh, praise as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, not just yeah. constructive, but also positive feedback. Yeah, so, Definitely. you know, looking ahead, or things you need to look for, for example, for the rubrics, for the, for the rubrics, I create, you know, different categories, right? And I have exceeds expectations, meets expectations, um, approaches expectations, and then have needs that needs improvement and needs significant improvement. So I don't put needs of work because honestly it makes me feel like, oh my God, I need to put more work, right? Right. Need to more work. So needs improvement. Okay, I'm I'm there. Like I need to improve. So positive language. Yeah, nice. I think it's a really good suggestion. It seems like a small thing, but it really is important. It is any level at any level. Yeah, that's something. Yeah. 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 Oh well, great. This was such such an interesting conversation. I really genuinely enjoyed this. Thank you so much for all of the insight that you you shared with us. (laughs) I hope. And we're gonna. You really did. We're going to have to have you back for many more episodes to talk about all the other topics that we had to like rein ourselves. I know, from, right? From you going see, off on these guys, you guys, we should explore the material. <laughs> yes, we have yeah. so much material from this one conversation. Yeah. Um, well, that was great. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. No problem. <laughs> Thanks again for joining me. Feel free to leave a comment on this episode or reach out to me directly at info at and let me know what you want to hear in upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and take a few seconds to leave a quick review. It helps so much in getting the word out there. And of course, if you know other teachers or travelers, I'd love for you to share this with them too. Stay tuned for the next episode, and until then... Head to tefelhorizons.com for more resources and teaching tips. Let's keep making this big world smaller by expanding horizons. Mm -hmm.